0: From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight is a big baseball night as the guards and the rest of the MLB reach the all-star break. So, we are talking a lot of baseball with some 13 shades of brown and some summer hot shots mixed in. To close the show, we are looking at new beginnings in the tech world and icons who called it quits this week. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, do you wish you could be the first ever 47-year-old kid fielding fly balls during the home run derby?
1: Oh, man. I don't I don't know if that'd be a safe environment for me to uh, reside in <laughs> at, at this stage, not only because of my my age, but I think my brain would probably click over to like, hey, I can still do this. And I'll be pushing kids around trying to get the ball. It'd be bad. It'd be bad for everybody.
2: Yeah, I don't know. My mind would say, hey, just get like in the third base shortstop area. But then I should really be <laughs> as far up against the fence as humanly possible. Like if a righty's up, I'm gonna be on the right field fence so he won't hit it near me. <laughs> and if a lefty's up, I'll be at the uh, left field fence. So but but yeah, it looked it would look like a blast. Like if you were one of those kids, what a what an experience
0: that is. Uh, But no, I don't want to get killed anymore. I'm good. Okay, 0 for 3. None of us want to try running down fly balls (laughs) in a Major League Baseball outfield. No, thank you. Fellas, why don't we get this thing going? We'll start at home with our Guardians break cap. Our look back at the first half of Guardians baseball. We'll start with last week. Guards opened the week playing the Braves, and at least one of those games was a gem. The others, mm, pretty much the worst. Guards bounced back over the weekend with three wins against the Royals, finished the first half of the season 45-45 and with a commanding half-game lead over the Twins in the AL Central, and only three and a half games behind the last-place team in the AL East. So, what's your break cap?
2: Wow, we say this a lot. Even Steven is not a bad thing, I guess, for, for this team at the break. I don't want to say they're underachieving. And I think the only word sometimes that comes to mind with this team is eh, because I, I still don't have a feel for where this team ends up. Uh, the second half schedule does this team no favors. This might be the last time this team is in first place uh, just because who they're playing uh, for the second half of the season. But overall, like it's a celebration to get to first place for how up and down this team has played, how up and down this offense is, how up and down the pitching staff is at times, the injuries. So overall. You step back and go, okay, hey, man, first place is great. I'm glad attendance is super up there, even though I haven't been to a game this year. Uh, that's a
1: great thing for the city, but but overall, I'm still very worried about this Guardians team. It's been clunky to say the least. This is one of those seasons where I don't think I don't think the way this team has played. they belong in first place in any division, but thank God we're in the AL Central because here we are, right? So here we are. I like that Tito is our manager for the second half of any baseball season, because he's the best at getting wins in the second half of the season. But to Chuck's point, this second half is not like last year where they rattled off some ridiculous record after the all-star break this second half. They're playing a lot, a lot better playoff bound teams the, the rest of the way. I, I think we need 40 wins. Uh, I think 85 wins wins the division this year. Um, So you, you need to go 40 and 32 to end the season can this team do it? I think they can. You know, silver lining here, we've got some really good young pitchers that are pitching deep into games and giving this team a chance to win, and you're starting to see some of the offense heat up in the last four to six weeks too. So if that continues, can we get 40 wins in the second half and see uh in October in Cleveland? I think so. I don't feel great about
0: it though. I agree with both of you. I think Chuck kind of touched on the notion that it's hard to know who this team is which is crazy after 90 games. Like you think you would be able to know, but the pitching hasn't been consistent. The guys that you expect to carry the team haven't really been the ones to do it, and so you're still kind of trying to figure out what's the identity of this team, what's their upside, what's their downside. And I think that's a crazy thing after 40 after 90 games. I agree with Denko. I think 40 more does it. I think if you get to 85 wins in this division, you're going to win it. I don't think anybody else in the division is very good, as we've said, I think, all season long. 40 games, going only eight games over 500 for the second half really shouldn't be that hard. Uh, They should be able to get that done. So hopefully that's the way it goes. But I think overall, my sense of the first half is we still don't know who the Cleveland Guardians are. During that first half, what do you think was the biggest surprise for you, and what the Guardians did, or what the players did, or how the team is doing?
1: Biggest surprise. I, I'm going to answer this. I think twice on a po- positive light. Like, Andenko, I know. Right? Just <laughs> cut me off. Man. So here, here's what I mean by that. Like I was, I was equally surprised as to how well guys, guys like. Um, Gavin Williams and Tanner Bybee have have performed. That was a surprise. I didn't see that coming at all. I didn't even know who those guys were when we broke a, a preseason, right? Like, so that was a big surprise. But on the negative side, Josh Bell has been a huge surprise in a bad way. This dude was never this dude up until this point in his career. You know, he was, he was a guy that he wasn't going to strike out. He was going to hit above 255 and give you, you know, 20 to 30 home runs. I don't see that out of this guy at all unless we're in store for a great second half. So on a negative slant, I was surprised by that.
2: The biggest surprise is Naylor, his nads, man. Like he's having a career year. And you would think that that would translate with what Phil is saying. They bring in two guys. That's the other biggest surprise. Both those free agent signings haven't done much. I mean, Bell, he's at nine maybe, right? He's at nine. He might get the 20, 20 plus home runs. He's at forty some RBI. Like he'll he may put together a decent second half here. Maybe the biggest surprise is that they missed on probably both their big free agent signings. The the catcher uh, I, what is his oh, name?
1: Totally forgot I just, about Zanino already. Zanino, yeah, remember, thank you. Remember I Mike do, Zanino? God. Zanino, <laughs> yeah, that's um, a
0: bigger surprise. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sitting at home on a pile of six million dollars <laughs> yeah, right.
2: doesn't suck for him. Like he's hitting one right. home
0: run. Yeah, right. <laughs> they missed on
2: that. That's surprising. The Naylor thing's a pleasant surprise. The other thing, too, is that I even Phil has touched on it, that uh, what happens with this rotation, you, we banked on McKenzie being the stud this year. And he's trying to rehab through an injury. And Phil could probably speak on of more like surgery or whatever. Like he's going to come back in September for what? Um, but you have two young guys who are the real deal, man, uh, in Bybee and Williams, guys who can step up and step in. And we saw it last year at position players doing that. And now we're seeing it at pitching, which ultimately it probably means more uh, to this team. Uh, We're we're used to the pitching. So uh, ultimately the disappointment in there, they spent money and I was celebrating them spending money. Uh, And they didn't spend it wisely, apparently on those two dudes. Uh, But the fact that this, whoever is in their scouting department, their farms, like these guys always get pitching right. But it's still a surprise to me to see two guys come up who should have no business playing in the major leagues right now and doing a good job with this team.
0: So by my count, Denko had two biggest surprises, and Chuck had three biggest surprises. At least, yeah. It really would help if you guys (laughs) would follow instructions.
1: I want to hear four out of you.
0: (laughs) My biggest surprise is, right along with what you guys are saying, is that young arms were able to stabilize that starting rotation that went through the McKenzie injury, the Quantrill injury. Savali missed some time. Bieber has really struggled over his last five or six starts and somehow we're 45 and 45 and we're in first place. And it has a lot to do with those young guys that you're talking about Bybee and Williams being the head of the class, but Logan Allen too. That guy had a lot of quality starts, not, not Logan Allen. One Logan Allen two had a lot of quality starts. And so that was really the thing. I think it was the biggest shock was like, man, I can't believe we are continuing this streak of developing these fantastic young arms. All right. Here's a tough one for you. Biggest concern for the second half, the schedule. That's my biggest concern. It's the first year where it's like
2: equal play. You're not getting your division like we're used to. Uh so they need to win a lot of games out of the gate because I saw they play, <laughs> their their last 30 some games. Dodgers, Toronto, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Angels, Texas, Baltimore, Cincinnati. If they're going to make the playoffs, man, they're going to earn the playoffs. Uh, I don't care if it's 80 wins or 85 wins, whatever it is. Uh, that's my biggest concern. If they play 500 baseball, it might be all right. If they're playing 500 baseball against these teams, I celebrate that when we have the wrap up show <laughs> at some point at the end of this season. That's my biggest concern that that the the scheduling has changed in Major League Baseball, that they're not going to play their division as much as they have in the past. And that's a bad thing for this team right now. So scheduling that's the worst
0: that's bullshit we should have like 15 more games against the the royals and the tigers for sure
1: my biggest concern and this sounds weird saying this but my biggest concern is the starting pitching and the reason it's the starting pitching is i'm assuming bieber is not part of this rotation uh in a few weeks and we don't get pitching back for that trade we get offense back for that trade and then we're really relying on these young guys to do what we've been pleasantly surprised that they've been able to do but can we ride that through august and september i don't know because mckenzie's not coming back if if he comes back in september he's going to come back in september and if he has any pain he's shutting it down he's having surgery he's gone for a year so you know it's you can't rely on that and that's my concern can these young guys and maybe they'll they'll prove that, Hey, they belong. And and that'd be great for us, but that's got me worried. Cause even if they kind of regress a little bit, you might be looking at a losing record in the second half.
0: You both did a really great job of only having one biggest concern. I want <laughs> to, I want to commend you both for that. <laughs> My biggest concern is that the April and may guardians and not the June guardians are the real guardians. Uh, if they slide on offense again, even a little bit, there's just no margin of error there and that's that's going to lead to a lot of losing games if the pitching can't stay consistent like it was early in the season they're going to have problems and it might be a long second half i still have faith but th- that's my concern is that we've gotten really excited in the last few weeks for the june guardians and even the beginning of july guardians if they've, yeah. they've played all right the the last couple of weeks too you know they've been playing yeah. good baseball for six or eight weeks now but Oh, boy, if it was like it was the beginning of the season, they're going to be in trouble. But let's kind of keep rolling on and keep trying to enjoy ourselves a little bit. Let's give away a halftime MVG, our MVG, for the first half of the season. Talk about a dude on fire. Josh Hotnads Naylor hit 305 (laughs) with 11 home runs, 64 RBIs in the first half. In the last 30 days, the dude's hitting 360 with three home runs and 19 RBIs. That's wild. Next one, who else? J-Ram, Jose Ramirez, 289, 14 home runs, 53 RBIs, 23 doubles, and he stole home once, which was f***ing awesome. Next one, Emmanuel Clase. I know what you're going to say. 3.38 ERA, seven blown saves, but he has 25 saves on the season. He's got 38 strikeouts and 42 innings. He was named to the all-star team. He is still a dominant closer, even if he doesn't look like he did last year. Next one, Tanner Bybee. 5-2, 3.34 ERA. Opponents are only hitting two he He's got 71 strikeouts in 70 innings. Last one, just the entire bullpen. Eli Morgan, Eniel De Los Santos, Trevor Stephan, Nick Sandlin, Xavion Curry, all with ERAs around or below three. So, Who's your halftime MVG? Oh, I get to go first. I'm gonna cherry pick this, fucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've I've got to give it to Naylor. This dude has a real major league baseball stat line. We we don't have guys hit over 300 on the Guardians of, of of late, right? Like this guy's over 300 now. He's hitting for power. He got banged up a little bit a week and a half ago. Came right back and didn't skip a beat. The, the, he, he has been our offense. For if not all season, c- certainly the last six to eight weeks, like you were saying, Gerbs. Um, so I'm gonna give it to Naylor. All good options. J-Ram has like four triples, and the triple is the most exciting play in baseball. <laughs> Stop it's, it, Stop it's, it, it outfielder. it's awesome. Stop it. It's all, the triple. <laughs> it's a triple. Ah, but no, it's it's big nads or long shank nads or whatever, hot nads. It's hot nads. That's who it is
0: honestly chuck i think we all know the most exciting play in baseball is the flawless <laughs> outfield hit the cutoff man and throw a runner out at the plate Absolutely, That's clearly yeah. the most exciting play in clearly. baseball we saw it last week again
2: i'm with phil here it's hot nads it's a career year for that guy he's got a ton of rbis he's second in home runs but hitting 305 uh, as a guy who's driving in those runs Who's coming back still from a major injury? The most pleasant surprise of this lineup uh, for me and for sure the first half
0: MVG. There's part of me that wants to give it to Bybee because he's so far outside of what we expected. We don't even think we knew what th- we didn't know how to say his name. We had no <laughs> idea who he was when this season started. Uh, and he really is the one that for an extended period now has stabilized. That starting rotation. But, I mean, listen, we're all nads. Uh, I'm in on, on hot nads as well as the MVG for the first half of the season. I keep waiting for him to cool down. And then he has another game with two hits. One of them's a double, drives in some runs, whatever it is. The guy just has been crushing the ball for six weeks, and there does not seem to be any end in sight, hopefully taking a break for a week isn't going to be what cools down the hot nads. So he is our unanimous (laughs) halftime MVG. Well, let's start looking ahead. Doesn't sound like as much fun after Chuck explained the schedule to us, but after the break, guards are back for a short week starting on Friday with three games in Texas against the first-place Rangers. Guards winning week or losing week? Out of the break.
2: It's going to be a losing week. It doesn't get any easier because I think they go to Houston after the Texas, uh, the Rangers. So um, I don't see them winning this week. I don't, unless they're playing Kansas City, I don't think they win the week at all. So I'm going to say it's, it's a, not even close to even Steven. It's a subpar week for this team. We're going to be somewhat disappointed when we start talking next week about them.
1: Well, if it's just those three games against Texas, I think we're going to be one and two. <laughs> so yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, that, that's it yeah. <laughs>
1: that's it that's the list so i yeah i think uh it's one of those series that you look at this team like just get one please get one because the twins are going to be the twins and that'll probably keep you a game and a half ahead of them somehow
0: i think texas is massively overrated as a state and a baseball team <laughs> so i'm going with a winning week oh, for the <laughs> but that's enough Talking Guardians, why don't we hit a quick 13 Shades of Brown, our 13-week preview of the Browns' 2023 season. Nine weeks to go, gentlemen, and a perfect time for a little get-to-know-your-staff. Riley Hecklinski is a former Indiana State softball player who has been a scouting assistant with the Browns since 2020. Prior to getting into scouting, she was a private investigator. And this year, she was promoted to coordinator of coaching logistics so what skill set is going to help the browns the most this year her magnum pi skills or her assistant to the traveling secretary skills
1: man i hope it's her magnum pi skills (laughs) let's (laughs) let's investigate some of these other teams and maybe uh she'll find a a flaw in the armor of the what are we in the at the afc north north yeah (laughs) the north
0: jeez Nine weeks away, Denko. Get it together. <laughs>
2: yeah, I can't. You're going with the assistant to the traveling secretary because anytime a Seinfeld reference comes up, and which is pretty often on this show, <laughs> I'm going that way.
0: I'm going to go the opposite way, man. We've never talked about Magnum PI, <laughs> uh, and I think it'd be really important for her to use her investigative skills for whatever she's doing. Although coordinator of coaching logistics doesn't necessarily sound like a private investigator job. It really sounds like something along the lines of uh, like you're responsible for the GPS that's on Stefanski or something. So you can find him you know, like whenever you need to ask him a question or something like that. I don't know. But Riley Hecklinski, go Browns. Fellas, with that, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back <laughs> on the road. Look around Major League Baseball at the break. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, and let's look around Major League Baseball at the break, and let's start with our division leaders. In the American League, going east to west, Tampa Bay Rays, your Cleveland Guardians, and the Texas Rangers are all leading their divisions. Is that going to hold for the rest of the season?
2: I don't think so. Rays, maybe. That division's stacked. Guardians, ah, uh, hmm mm-hmm uh And the Rangers not playing great in the last ten, and I think that's always kind of been the Astros' division for the last five to seven years. So I can see them moving up.
0: So none of the three are going to stay. You think some? I think gonna the
2: Rays. Over? I mean, the Rays they haven't played well in the last ten either, but they they're playing. Good, but that division's so stuck. I don't think Baltimore makes that move. They don't have the pedigree. They're really young. They're younger than like the Guardians, young. So uh, I think if anybody, it's the Rays. But I wouldn't be surprised if all three were out of there by the end of the season.
0: The Rays are up two games on Baltimore right now in the in that division.
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe all three might get bumped out, but I don't know. I, I I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the East to Tampa Bay. I, I think they've it's an interesting team, but they've they've proven it. And, and after Baltimore chasing them, there's kind of a, a, a steeper drop-off after that, even though those teams are are stacked and all have winning records, on like our division. So I'll, I'll give the East to Tampa, but mm, I'm a little worried about the Cleveland Guardians and the Texas Rangers holding on to their first-place spots. I, I think uh, those two divisions, you might see Minnesota and Houston on top of those two teams.
0: I think we're all in on the Rays. I mean, that's a really good division, but the Rays have been, I think, the best team in the American League all season long. Like they they've been really, really good, even if they might be in a little bit of a slide for 10 or 12 games now. Pretty confident that team's going to be able to get it done, especially because the closest team is Baltimore. And I agree with Chuck. I, I just don't think they have it yet to make a run and take down a team like the Rays who've who've been there before. I still believe in the Guardians in the Central. I mean I understand we got to play a lot of the tough games in the second half. But the Minnesota Twins are the Minnesota Twins, and they probably have to play just as many tough games. I don't think they're getting to load up on the Tigers and the Royals either in the second half. So I believe in this Guardians team being better than the Twins, so I think they hold it. The Rangers, I think, are the toughest one. I think that's the race that you wonder if the Astros, just because they've been there so many times, because it's their division, they can come back and take that. They're two games down right now, which is is pretty damn close to even. So I would say that the Astros are probably still winning the West. Let's look out to the national league again, going East to West, Atlanta, Braves, Cincinnati Reds, and the Dodgers and diamondbacks are tied for the lead in the West. So it's probably impossible that this stays exactly the same because I think it's really improbable (laughs) that the Dodgers and the diamondbacks (laughs) tie for that division. But uh, of those three, which one stays the same and, and who's winning out there in the West?
1: I think the only one that stays the same, given the tie in the West, is is the East. Atlanta has a huge lead on all of baseball, and and probably the best team out there. Um, no one's catching them. I think they're up eight and a half on the next guy in their division. So, I, I see uh, Cincinnati falling back. Uh, they're an exciting team, but the NL Central's like the AL Central. Like, all right, yeah. who who wants to win this thing? I I would think Milwaukee has the better team and an experience but do they i don't know uh, cincinnati though has n- nothing but youth and they they kind of struck it with this this rookie kid so i think milwaukee takes over cincinnati in the central and the west not only are the dodgers and the diving backs tied but the giants are like two and a half games behind them so there's a three-way race right there I- i'll lean towards the dodgers just because they've done it in the past so maybe that one kind of stays the same but the central changes
2: I think the Braves go anywhere, obviously. I think they're the best yeah. team in baseball, and that might be recency bias, watching them play the Guardians. <laughs> the NL Central's fun, like like Phil's saying. I like the Reds to stay there because it feels good that the Reds have a good baseball team. It reminds me of our youth, Uh, so I like them there. And I'm going to stick with the Dodgers again because of the pedigree. They've been there continuously uh, for the last, what, four to five-plus years. Even though it's a tight race, I'm assuming experience cream rises to the top there for them. So I like all three to stay where they're at.
0: I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Marlins. They're only eight and a half games behind the Braves. And that's all I got. <laughs> so the Braves are obviously winning the East. Yep. They're fantastic. I'm with Chuck, man. I think that Reds team is playing in a division that isn't that strong and doesn't have like your kind of classic contender in it that's that's competing this year. And so why not the Cincinnati Reds, man? It's Ohio baseball's year in the major leagues, man. Two division winners is what I think. I'm with you guys on the Dodgers. I don't know how you can – pick against the Dodgers at this stage of the season or or in that division even though it's really close unless they get hit with a bunch of injuries or something weird like that but otherwise that that Dodgers team is stacked will probably be a buyer even though they're already stacked at the trade deadline so they're going to get even better so I guess shitty Dodgers out west earlier this season we marveled at the top five batters in the Padres lineup the Padres are currently eight and a half games back in the NL West. Is this team with the best top of the order we've ever seen going to make the playoffs?
2: I can't do that kind of math when it comes to like wild card and stuff. You would think a team that stacked because it's worked in the past, like from our past. Teams like the Marlins who bought championships and the Diamondbacks who loaded up on, but this team is even more loaded. How does it not work for them? I don't I don't get it unless they trade for Shohei, which could happen. <laughs> no they have can. the capital. <laughs> no, they do don't.
0: <laughs> they can't. They, do?
2: <laughs> they can't. You sure? <laughs> They're too talented not to. So I, I assume when you're spending that much money, uh, no matter what division you're in, they should make a wild card. So I'm going to math is not my strongest suit but i'm still going to say yeah they need to be
1: in there i didn't need to use math i used the supercomputer and they're six games out of the wild card oh right now so doable right Not, yeah, yeah. not completely yeah. out of it but the, the nl's bunched up big time at, at the top of the wild card and i man i don't know maybe is san diego the west coast new york mets is that what we're seeing right now no. like these two teams in the nl that just I don't know anything about San Diego's pitching staff. They must suck because clearly offensively, they they have like a murderer's row, you know, one through five or whatever. I don't see them making the postseason this year. And I think a bunch of rich guys in San Diego and a bunch of rich guys in, in uh, New York with the Mets are going to make awful decisions in the offseason. That's what I see coming up.
0: You heard it here first. There's no way the Padres are making the playoffs. This is a massively disappointing team for the amount of money that's backing it. Moving on, let's talk about the MVP race, American League. Unless he gets traded to the National League, can we agree <laughs> yeah. that Shohei Ohtani is probably winning the MVP yes. award yes. in the American League? If he
1: gets traded, can he win it in both leagues? Let's do every
0: it. year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but as long as we're here, can I interest you, Josh Naylor plus twenty thousand to win the MVP? Oh. Much Anybody want to go in on that one? That's good. Yeah, That's a, I'm making I, mean, a bet. I can make a dollar bet and yeah, be right. great on that. Jeez.
1: Bet 50 cents and be okay with That's that. That's true. Yeah.
0: In the National League, it's a little bit closer. Your top four options. Who's winning the MVP? Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna, Dodgers, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman have top four odds. Two guys on one team. Last one, Diamondbacks outfielder, Corbin Carroll, who also has the best odds right now to win Rookie of the Year. Which of those guys Whoa. is your National League MVP? Wow.
1: I didn't realize that rookie was that high. I, I'm going to say Acuna. That that dude, he's just, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, it, it's it's that guy.
2: Because other than Otani, if you're starting a franchise, who are you taking? And it, it's him. The amount of stolen bases he has with the home runs he has, he is a s- absolute stud. I would love to see him win MVP.
0: I'm starting with Naylor, but <laughs> in the but I agree. It, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm going with Acuna too. Uh, best guy on the best team. That that that's your MVP. So uh, that dude's a stud. Of course, all those dudes are. But uh, I think that's probably your best chance of winning it in the National League. But we're already making a bunch of bo- jokes about trading people, so we might as well get into this. August 1st is the trade deadline. That's only like six days away. So things are really <laughs> going to start picking up. I'm going to put this show out 3 weeks from now. Yeah, <laughs> good idea.
1: After the Browns first preseason
0: game. As it stands, is anyone else besides the Guardians in the AL Central buying before the deadline?
2: I don't think so. I mean the, the what what are the the Twins, the Sox, Detroit, they're not doing anything. So maybe the Twins do. Some small move here or there, but I don't see it. No,
1: no, I don't think anyone's buying. I don't don't even if the Guardians are buying. I don't think anyone in the division is buying.
0: I really think it comes down to it's it's the Guardians and the Twins, and it's do you think you've got enough that it makes it worthwhile to make a trade to to lock up the Central Division and make the playoffs? And I actually think the Guardians will. I think they'll make a move. Well, we know they're making a move. We know that they're well. Are they
1: buyers? If they trade a Bieber, is that just like a, uh,
0: I guess. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Are they sellers or are they buyers? That's another interesting way of looking at it. Like, because I think they're, I guess I looked at them as buyers because they need a bat and Bieber's a guy that they got to move. So that would make them a buyer. And I think if the twins are going to do something, probably something small, but they've at least got, I mean, they're a half game out at the break. That's a team that makes a move to get better, to try to, to try to win the division and make the playoffs. I think so. I, I think the Guardians and the Twins would be considered quasi-buyers at the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on to talk about Shane Bieber with our Shane Bieber trade combinatorial calculator. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but of the radar, I missed the radar already. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> this makes so much more sense. It's a mathematical. <laughs> It's a mathematical formula to find the number of possible combinations that can be obtained by taking a sample of items from a larger set. That's exactly oh, sure. what we're doing here. It's perfect. Right. Sure. So okay. Bieber is 5-5 five and five with a 3.66 ERA. He's thrown one complete game this year. He has 89 Ks and 110 innings. Did the Guardians allow Shane Bieber to jump the shark before trading him?
2: I don't think they have. If we're looking over his last four to five starts, He's starting to get in real trouble when that lineup resets on the third time. That's when he's really starting to get hit. He's pitched a lot of inning, but he always has been an inning eater. And, and he's again a guy with pedigree. And any team who's look, there's always teams looking for pitching who are in a in a pennant race or in a divisional race here. And he could help some team, that's for sure. So I hope he helps this team get better somehow when they trade him. But it, it's just he's, he's really run into that issue. Like the third time through the last four or five starts, he's getting absolutely destroyed. And I don't think it's on a coaching staff leaving him in too long or anything like that. But again, a guy who has proven that he is a quality starter you hope you get a return for him or something that's going to help this team win. But now yeah, I don't know what the actual question was. Cause I'm just blabbering at this point, uh, but you're doing but good. Yeah. You're doing good. Oh, thank you.
1: There, there you go. <laughs> Shane Bieber. While he is not the Shane Bieber of the past, there are enough teams out there that have just so much wealth on their bench or in their minors or what have you. There's not a lot of Shane Biebers to go around and he he's not going to be an ace on a team that we trade him to. He might be the second or third guy. But he's got he's got a lot of experience, and he's still young. Um, so I don't think they jumped the shark, so to speak. I, it, it is interesting, though, because this is the time you trade him. We talked about it. Chuck's exactly right. You get into the third time in that lineup, and this dude falls off a cliff. He is cruising through any lineup the first two times through. He almost looks like, wow, this guy is untouchable. And then third time through, it's the opposite. You give up the three and four and five run innings. Almost routinely now. So this is what we saw with Corey Kluber. And this is exactly when they traded Corey Kluber. I don't think they jumped the shark. I think they're going to uh, let's trade him now. Let's do it. Don't let this guy be on the roster come playoffs for Cleveland. Cause then we're, we're getting nothing for him. I, I still think you can get a major league baseball player back for this guy. Cause there's a lot of teams that need a Shane Bieber to get them over the hump.
0: What I heard from you guys is we need to move him into the bullpen for long relief. So he's uh, only facing no. the lineup like once, <laughs> no. once this is going to be great. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm really worried that especially the timing of this, because velocity has been down all season. We know that the strikeouts are down as well and five starts in a row. This has been a problem, man. I think teams start looking at that and start saying, we don't have to give you a haul for this guy. He is not the guy he was a year ago or two years ago. You're going to get some prospects. Somebody's going to trade for him. I agree with you guys 100% that teams always need pitching. I just worry that this is a year later maybe than we did Kluber. Kluber was still a more solid number one, number two guy than what Bieber has at least shown in the last five to six starts. And I'm afraid maybe maybe the the value that we hoped when we first talked about this at the beginning of the season, isn't going to be there, which is kind of a downer, but I hope that the combinatorial calculator can find us some better yeah. options than Please. maybe what we're considering wow. tonight. So. But why don't we <laughs> move on fellows to some more summer hot shots. Our hot takes from around the sports world last week, Britney Spears filed a police report in Vegas after she alleged Victor Wembenyama's security detail grabbed her given their current standing in the public it appears wemby is going to win this one but when do you think the last year spears would have been the winner in this dispute was
2: <laughs> 2002 i mean there's there's actual video of it so i think she yeah. wins <laughs> like you you see her getting a little bit manhandled and and maybe ba- paintbrushed a little bit but uh, for the joke's sake,
0: I'm going to say... Thank you. 2000. Oh, <laughs> not bad, guys. I looked it up. I would have said 2001. That's when the album right. Britney I'll was released. That sold four and a half million copies. Yeah, I think we're all right around on that one. <laughs> bad. All right. Last week, Live Golf opened its London tournament with a flash mob on the first no. tee. Which did you think was more dead? Flash mobs or live golf? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can, We
2: can use the same timestamp as Brittany here. 2001 <laughs> lives in trouble, man. I don't know if they know it, but when you're bringing flash mobs out, not even at a mall, malls are dead. Not even a mall. You're bringing it to a golf course. You're in trouble.
0: Lives in trouble. I love it. They might not know it yet, but they're in trouble. Everybody knows it, man.
1: What's more dead? The 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 flash mob or live golf? I, I don't even know how to answer that question. I cannot believe I read those words in a, in an article this week. Like, they did what now? Like, for what purpose? Like, hey,
0: yeah. we're, we're still here. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Go away. Flash mobs and live golf, both gone. Way too late. All right, last one. Birkingham Stallions won another USFL championship at some point recently. So who had a better year? The XFL, the USFL, or Batura Liga, the professional American football league in Finland where the Porvoo Butchers recently won five straight titles?
1: I think Tom Burke had the best year, and he didn't even yeah. know it. His That's best. true. It's his best team that he roots for just won another championship. Someone text him who had the better year? I don't know. Someone won five championships in a row, and their name is the Butchers. I'll go with those guys.
2: Yeah, the Pavel Datsuk Butchers. <laughs> wow, that guy was like a that. hell of a Detroit Red nice. Wing. And he's like hell of a hockey player. He was, but the USFL. I'm surprised exists still. The XFL. Did you mention that? You might as well yeah. just maybe they should merge. But yeah, when anybody wins five championships in a row, it doesn't happen in our lifetime.
0: They're our winner. We're all in on the Porvu Butchers. Finish professional football. I wish I had learned about that sooner. I might still be playing. Anyway, fellas, with that, (laughs) we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. (laughs) We're going to head off the field, talk beginnings and endings. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We're going to head off the field and talk beginnings and endings. We'll start with the beginning. This week, Meta, which was Facebook, started Threads as an alternative to Twitter. Threads launched on July 5th. Within two hours, it had 2 million signups. Within a couple of days, that number was over 70 million, and now it's over 100 million. Scale of 1 to 5, 1 being opposable thumbs, 5 being the appendix, recently voted the most unnecessary human organ, how much do we need a new social media site?
1: No, thank you for coming to me. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna appendix this thing all the way. Although, you know, I'm gonna take it back a step. Not a five. I'll give it a four, only because, and I don't know, I'm not a big social media guy, obviously, but I feel like maybe Twitter has gone off the rails, so they needed a a safe space again. So I'll give it a four, and by they I mean everyone on the world in the world, <laughs> everyone, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. I don't know if we need it, but again, what Phil's kind of saying, Twitter has gotten a little bit weird over the last month or two. Is it improving on Twitter? I don't know. I didn't sign up for threads. This might be the first time that something like this launched and I didn't try to jump into it. I'm just going to stick with Twitter for a while until it's a barren wasteland of nothingness, and then maybe I'll thread it up a little bit.
0: (laughs) I mean, this is a five. (laughs) Um, There's there's just no need for a more social media especially one that is essentially exactly like one of the ones that exists and i don't understand how the shit that happens on twitter that makes twitter a terrible place to be is going to be any different on threads like i think everybody was really excited to be nice on thread or threads i don't know if it's plural or not it felt like they wanted to be nice for the first couple days because i was one of those people chuck who signed (laughs) up like the first day because i feel like hey man we got to be out there for the show So I signed up and everybody was really cool. Everybody seemed really happy. There wasn't any mean stuff. Uh, We'll see how long that lasts. I think it might be just an inherent flaw in social media that people can be assholes and and get away with it because of the context. But I think this is an appendix. I don't think we needed another social media site. I'm actually really pissed that I have another one that I have to look at and like remember to (laughs) post things to. It's kind of a pain in the ass. So while we're on the subject, what are the things that you like about social media?
2: I guess the thing I like most about certain social media sites is that it's changed in the, obviously everything's changed in the last few years, but, uh, to me, news breaks on social media, you're not watching your local news or CNN. Or Fox News, or MSNBC, or any of those things. Whatever the news is, it could be national news or sports news. Whatever you're into, uh, it's immediate, and it should be immediate. Now you shouldn't have to wait till 6:30 at night to watch something and see what's going on. So that the immediacy of it is is the best thing when it comes to news. Other than that, it's just like cool to see, I guess, pictures of people's families or you know like people you've kind of lost touch (laughs) with but you're still kind of friends with and you're just lurking around going oh they look like shit uh that's probably the
0: second best thing but other than that it's the second best second (laughs) best thing
2: breaking news is number one
0: i think it's funny that the immediacy thing is like one of the great things about social media in the long run it's probably one of the shitty things about social media too that like that desire to break news when maybe you don't have all the information yet everybody hitches onto a story without knowing the full thing that's kind of interesting
1: what was the question what's what's positive about social media
0: what do you like about it nothing is that it that's all you're gonna say long-winded <laughs> well, so- dick i was gonna throw out one word answer
1: <laughs> yeah i'm trying to get us back on time the um <laughs> no, the, uh, i agree with chuck in terms of like it's it's usefulness when news breaks but then you've got to think about to your point curves like all right this is news but have we checked all the resources here? Like, is this exactly what's happening? I can tweet or whatever out anything and say, hey, the Browns traded Nick Chubb for Shohei Otani. And you know, okay, like whatever. You, you know, it so there's that kind of bullshit you have to wade through. I've never and I miss this phase of it. I never really got onto social media to catch up with long-lost friends because we have an amazing text chain and that's all I need. <laughs> like I I get I get the conversation and I get the uh the, the pics and stuff like that. I do miss the pics of family. Like I do feel like I'm a little out on that. I didn't get to see Chip grow up, you know, on social media and then I'm like, oh man. And every now and again, I see pictures. I'm like, oh damn it. Maybe I should have had a Facebook page, (laughs) but then I, uh, you know, smack myself and move on with my day. There's a lot that social media can provide people. Uh, you know, I've met people who are really, you know, that's how they communicate with their friends. They don't have the text change, you know, the, you know, so there is that there's a lot. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of positives there. I just think it is just the loudest voice in the room is all the negativity. And that
0: sucks. I agree with that. I agree that there's actually a lot of good stuff that's happening on social media, but it, it just gets shouted down by the meanness and the stupidity and the ability of people to say the absolute worst things possible because on social media, there's absolutely no threat you're going to get punched in the face. That threat is, in some respects, the basis of why we treat each other with respect when we're face to face. Because if you don't, there's always that chance that someone's just going to knock you out. And it doesn't <laughs> exist on Facebook or Twitter or I don't know. I've, I've never had anybody talk shit to me on Instagram before. So I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> um, that, that's a nice one. And maybe <laughs> threads will be nice like that. I don't know. But there are a lot of good things. I mean, like There was like the Arab Spring when there was like an uprising for civil rights in the Middle East that was possible because they were communicating over Facebook. That's an amazing thing. I think we have seen social justice issues get traction in our country over social media as well. I think the problem is, is that we've seen a lot of bad things get traction as well. I actually think the connection part of it is good. I think that ability to keep up with people... Who you don't get to see that much. I mean, I, I enjoy social media for the chance to look back to a lot of my friends in Vegas who I don't, I don't keep in touch with that well. I'm not on a text chain with or anything like that, and it's, it's good for that. It's good for a lot of things. It's just, it's just too much of the shit. It, it gets out there and gets in the way. So, well, why create an alternative to Twitter? Like, what's the point of choosing to do? Twitter as opposed to creating an alternative to any other social media that's out there?
1: Well, I think that comes down to the owner of Twitter and the owner of Threads uh, being billionaires who we might see fight each other someday in our, in, a, in an actual octagon. I, I don't know, whatever, whatever the money takes them. But I think the reason for that is the owner of Threads saw enough people fed up with Twitter based on... They don't agree with the current owner of Twitter because he has different ideas and might slant toward the other side of the political aisle or whatever the hell. So he took advantage of that opportunity and said, Hey, come over here. This is the same, but we won't have any of the negativity until sometime midday tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Chuck, is new Twitter a better idea than new not Chinese spy TikTok? TikTok's
2: more entertaining than new Twitter.
0: You're not even on new Twitter. You can't say that.
2: I'm I'm a, I'm positive that TikTok is more entertaining.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, like that that's that's where the engagement there is ridiculous compared to Facebook or Instagram or any other social media network that the average user is about 90 minutes a day, uh which is insane to be honest because major networks don't get 90 minutes a day of you sitting in front of it for that long. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's it, it's better what phil is saying is right it's ego that that's what it came down to the, these guys don't like each other please don't fight it like that this yeah. is yeah. ridiculous yeah. like it, it's just asinine if it's that
0: a, fight is an appendix yeah right <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh if there's
2: an improvement on products i'm always for that whatever it is in uh, technology moves quicker and quicker. But if, if it's just the same thing, and you're doing it out of spite or ego or whatever, I, I don't see the usefulness of, of another social media platform that's the same. But if, whatever the question was, the clear winner here is 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 TikTok period, whether you're on it or not, it's the most entertaining form of social media, uh, where I can catch up in in God, if I spent 90 minutes a day, that'd be insane. But that's what people are doing. So uh, wherever that money is, it, it's there. And it's all about monetizing all of them, right? Like you're seeing more ads on Twitter. If you're on there more, you're seeing more ads on Facebook. You're seeing more ads on Instagram. You're seeing more ads on Facebook. They're And they're all, hey, bottom line, they're all stealing your information. <laughs> they're all tracking <laughs> every move you make. Uh, so what's the most entertaining? For me, it's TikTok. You know, I'll stay over there. And maybe I, I might get on Thready, though. Know? I might be a threat. Are you a threader? Is that what you are? I think so.
0: I'll be a threader maybe. Maybe it's like Shredder, the guy from, like the, from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except yeah. it's I'm social media, so you're a no. threader. <laughs> yeah, I guess I agree that if there's an improvement to it, it's a good idea. So far, I don't see, I don't see any difference, and so I don't really know that there's an improvement there that I can appreciate. I tend not to think that even these clowns' egos aren't so big that this is purely ego-driven in the end. They're doing it because they think they can make money, and the fact that they got a hundred million people on in less than a week is probably proof um, that they will. So, I don't know. Yay, new Twitter! Um, all right, so that's enough talking about beginnings. Let's talk about things that are ending. Elton John played his final live show ever on Saturday night. He has been touring since nineteen seventy, and his last tour had about three hundred shows over a period of years. attracted more than 6 million fans so do you buy that this is really the end or is this a boxers like retirement
2: (laughs) this is the end right how old is i'm gonna look it up really quickly how old is
1: elton john 76
2: yeah that's that's older than my like i can't see my mom going out there for 600 (laughs) fucking dates over eight years or whatever the fuck it is i saw him know how it's got to be his before chip so maybe five six years ago maybe a little longer and even then not that he wasn't like you give a pass to legends right like absolutely played the song stand up took a bow sat back down and it's like okay i got to see elton john but yeah this has got to be it man like there are a number not just elton i wish more people would follow this like your run is done you've been touring for 40 to 50 years go home sit out collect royalties License your music and your likeness or whatever the f you're gonna do. But when you get to be 76, stop. You're not that great anymore. You're never gonna be what you were 10, 15, or 20 years ago. So I've seen him live. I'm glad I got to see him live. But well, if he comes back at oh, you saying 80, like he's gonna sit on the bench <laughs> for a little bit. And I, I'm gonna do it one more time. Leave the glitter in the weird outfits at home and just relax, buddy.
0: Phil. Yeah, anything you can possibly add to that?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Only. Only that. I. I hope what Chuck is saying is 100% correct. Like I. I, I I'm. A, I'm an Elton John fan. You know, wonderful talent. But this is it, man. Like I hope this is it. I fear it's not because let's say he is a healthy 78 year old in a couple of years and <laughs> someone throws Shohei Otani money yeah. at that, oh. he's going oh. out there and he's Six billion play- yen. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> nine no it's like 950 billion yen or whatever it is um yeah like I, I i hope it is because you know amazing talent but i mean how many farewell all these guys it's like their third farewell tour didn't this guy have a farewell tour in like the late 80s
0: <laughs> Come probably
1: on. yeah so i i hope it is but not much more to add other than I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something in a couple of years.
0: I agree with everything you're saying, except that as it applies to Springsteen, because I never (laughs) want him to stop touring. I'll Uh, still go when he's 82. (laughs) If he can't stand up, I don't even mind. But yeah, I agree. At some point, this is like the Michael Jordan thing, man. You go out on top. You know, and by the time you've been touring for 50 years, the top is 30 years behind you. (laughs) And it's time to say goodbye. He's awesome. I'm not disrespecting the man as a performer or his career or anything like that, man. I I think it's probably about time to go. So how about this one? Best Elton John songs used in movies.
2: Oh, boy. Well, a lot of Disney movies coming.
0: Now you wish. (laughs) Sorry seems to be the hardest word. That was in Slapshot in 1977. It was also <laughs> in Rush Hour 3 in Jeez. 2007. <laughs> wow. Here you go, Chuck. Circle of Life. There it is. Was in The Lion yep. King. You Gotta Love Someone was played in Days of Thunder. Last one, Crocodile Rock is in High Fidelity with John Cusack. So which one of those? I would even let you combine song and movies. <laughs> uh, which of those is the best? From From a song
1: standpoint, the best song on that list for me? Uh, is Crocodile Rock. Uh, that That is my favorite Elton John song of the four you listed off there. And it it hits close to my heart. I, for whatever reason, my oldest son, Logan, loved that song as I would drive him to preschool every morning when he was like three or four years old. And he would ask for it by name. So we would jam out to Crocodile Rock for the... It was like a seven minute drive to preschool. And <laughs> here we go. So that's what we played. So I'll, I'll, That gets my vote every day.
2: I guess I go circle life. Disney is eternal. Those movies find new audiences every five to 10 years and then a reboot and then a live action, uh, circle of life, though not
0: nearly in my top 10 of Elton John songs yeah. will live forever. I'm going with, you got to love someone in days of thunder. I don't even remember what part of the movie it was, <laughs> but man, do I love that movie? All right. Well, sir, Elton, congratulations on your retirement. Hope it goes well. Moving on. Michelle, Wee West professional golfer, qualified for her first LPGA Tour event when she was 12 years old. Over the weekend, she played her final pro event, the Women's U.S. Open. She did not make the cut, but she ended her final round on the 18th with a Rambaldo-like (laughs) 30-foot par putt, which was pretty cool. She's had a kind of crazy career from a young phenom to a time, if you guys remember, when she was trying to participate in men's PGA events. She never actually made the cut, I don't think. She only won five times in her career. She did win a U.S. Open as one of those. So she's retiring at 33 years old. Jeez. What do you think Michelle's legacy is in sports?
2: A name I will recognize forever. I can remember that. Like at 12, you're trying to play professionally. What could I do professionally when I was 12? Eat hard-boiled eggs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or so, <or> yeah. Or <laughs> thank you, groups. <laughs> like, Hard boiled, eggs.
1: 141. <laughs> um, Hard boiled one hundred forty-one.
2: But it's one of those names that exists forever. And until you just filled me in, I had no clue what her career was after that. But yeah, somebody, I, gosh, that's trailblazing. Tried to play at twelve, then tried to play against men, and then won five total events in her twenty-year career. She's retiring at thirty-three or whatever it is. Good grief! Yeah, there's only a few names who didn't. Reach the potential you thought they'd be, but you'll never forget their name, and she's one of them. So, to me, that's that's trailblazing.
1: I heard Chuck say that Michelle Wee is the Bo Jackson of <laughs> of the oh, well, the, right? Man, the WPJ, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Well, um, so I agree though, like, because this was this was someone phenomenal at 12, 12, right? Are you kidding me? There, there was some girl at 14 that that played in this last weekend's tournament, and that was, I mean, that's amazing, right? I don't know the timing of all this, I remember. When Michelle Wee was breaking through and she was playing so well at such a young age, they unfair to her, they were making her the female version of Tiger Woods. That's what they wanted, right? Like they wanted, yep. here's someone that's going to just go and wreck the, the women's PGA Tour for the next two decades. And that's not fair. That's not fair to anybody. So did she underperform in that regard? Absolutely. I'm surprised to hear she's retiring uh, at 33. I'm surprised she's only 33. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like like it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah I felt yeah, like she was right, a lot closer right. to our age, so, right? You know, yeah. I guess she could unretire and do an Elton John thing in a couple of years, and maybe <laughs> she'll still golf, but she's only 33. You know, I agree, though. I, I feel like here's someone that never quite lived up to the potential, but was that hype and that potential placed on her by just the timing and the circumstances of of, of the sports world and and trying to find that next Tiger Woods, if that's what it is in golf. And that's not fair to that girl.
0: I think that is the thing. I think that if you were paying attention to golf around that time, she was supposed to be the female Tiger Woods. And in some respects, she was, she opened up the game to a lot of people, especially to like girls and stuff like that in the same way that Tiger did. She just could never match his success on the course. And How could anybody ever be expected to do that? But in the end, like she's, I watched some things about it over the weekend and like the, the women who are playing professional the golf now, like hold her in almost that same type of esteem that these young guys have held Tiger in, man, because she was the one that inspired them all to get out there, even though she, in the end, didn't really win that much in 20 years, only won five times still an end to a crazy career and an end to The career for somebody like Chuck said. We're all gonna know her name forever. Never gonna forget who she is. All right, last one. The Eagles final tour, the long goodbye was announced this week. I dare you. Other than Desperado, name three good Eagles songs. three good other than Desperado? You even say Hotel California there. Other than Desperado. I I,
1: I can only name one and it's and it's only that because song the Spanish sucks. version of it is phenomenal what? from Big Lebowski. And it's not
0: even the Eagles singing it. Chuck, go, don't go looking up songs not, on your phone.
2: My favorite Eagle song is One of These Nights. They did a disco song. It's dope as f-. I love that song. I don't <laughs> love Hotel of Cal- California. Take It Easy, I guess, is in the pantheon of great songs forever. But after that, I don't know. There's just a bunch of songs everybody yeah. listens to, but you're like, Bleh. uh Seven Bridges Road. Because it's, it's like... Five guys singing uh, acoustically. Nonetheless,
0: never it's, heard of it, Oh, it you'd, y-
2: you'd like Seven Bridges Road. Listen to it. A group in a band that had like what, four or five lead singers. That's pretty impressive. And they all did solo stuff on their own, but it always kind of just lays there, right? Like Eagle Song, nobody hates them and nobody like super loves them. And that's a good thing. Yeah. So the long, however long this is, it was like years end tour probably. And they're all in their 70s too. I, I guess. I've never seen them live. I'm, I'm gonna have oh, yeah. I'm
1: gonna have have go. To, yeah, go. one of the as long as I hear one of these nights. Are they coming a blossom? Let's take go. it easy.
0: We'll go. <laughs> Correction, I hate them. Oh, wow, fellas, wow. we are out of time. I am out of questions for now, and we just did the whole show without mentioning that there is another superhero movie coming out this summer called Blue Beetle. What? With that news about scraping the bottom of the hero barrel and going well beyond time for the Greatest American Hero Remake. I hope you guys have a great week. And let's get together and do this again real
1: soon. Absolutely. Let's go find those boots. the way i wanted to ask you on the fourth of july did you read the constitution to your kids
0: (laughs) no oh damn it no
1: did you
2: watch national treasure at (laughs) least
0: no no we did like um there's like the one mile race before the parade i did that and then we watched the parade we were all down for that in-laws niece her friend my kids kyle's boyfriend whole group tammy down there came back here by the time the parade ends it's like four o'clock in the afternoon we're starving we're gotta get cranking up at the barbecue immediately my grill dies oh. right then oh. brand new tank of propane that i just gotten a couple days before um didn't work couldn't get gas through it we ended up having to broil brats for, oh, our, for broil. our barbecue oh. um mm, yum <laughs> So you know what meat. it was fine they were fine um <laughs> but um uh yeah and it was like at one point tammy thought she was going to use an air fryer to do the the brats but she keeps it on like a shelf that's high you know tammy's five feet tall and she reached up to grab it. And this is all we're trying to figure this out and everybody's starving everybody's like this is the worst possible thing to be happening and she reaches for the air fryer, pulls it off. It slips out of her hand and hits her on the elbow. Oh, she oh, dents no. the side of it so badly that you can't put the lid on the air fryer <laughs> oh, anymore. Geez. Plus, she has no pain tolerance, so she's just like, "Ah, my elbow!" <laughs> <laughs> like she was checking on the brats under the boiler, and she reached too far into the oh, oven and she no. burned her other oh, elbow. Oh, what is happening? Man. This is when this is when you order out, like at this well, it's
1: the It was the Fourth of July. I
0: don't know what we we're. I don't know what we were going to find, but Chinese. Um, yeah, Chinese yeah. pizza. <laughs> uh, it was uh, a hell of a it was wow. a hell of a Fourth of July. That part of it was that part of it was pretty bad. <laughs> but exciting.
1: we got to finish this show.
0: Yes, l- let's oh, see let's if we can do get it. done before one.
2: Let's let's play this game for one second. What would you give up to bring him here?
1: Naylor, <laughs> Ramirez, the entire, the entire franchise.
0: <laughs> you can have strong. the Cavs. Yeah, no, I don't honest. think I'd give up the Cavs. I think I'd give up the Browns first. Oh,
1: oh well, you can't I'm, give up the Browns. We already <laughs> lost the Browns. I'm talking about
0: legitimate baseball. trade. <laughs> not <laughs> talking
2: about legitimate baseball. Legitimate baseball, trade.
1: How could we? We couldn't trade. We couldn't. Tra- we'd have to. Couldn't. We'd trade like we'd have to trade. Naylor, J. Ram,
0: you know. Beaver, Beaver yeah. Williams. You, yeah, you got to give Franco- one of the younger guys. I guarantee yeah, you you'd have to give one, him one of the, the manager. younger. Yeah.
1: He'd have to go in the trade. <laughs> no, Franco- give him to Marlo go- Hale. He managed <laughs> no for like almost a whole Sandy. season. Way. Give we him we all of Sandy. Him Sandy.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Burks <laughs> would entirely stop watching. Change the names, and then they traded Sandy. Do you really hate the Eagles? I, I really don't like them. I, I really, really don't, man. I, I it's it's partially because like everybody says, like, this is a great band, this is a great band, this is a great band, and I hmm. I don't like three of their songs, or I can't there's find three be, that I like.
1: There's gonna be a lot of people about Witchy know, Woman, like 25 years older than Witchy Woman, right? Yep. Or Seinfeld phrase right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Like a lot of people, about twenty five years older than us, that would jam those jam those venues to to watch this tour, right? I like assume. Yeah. Who? Di- one of them's. Yeah. Yeah. Glen Fry, Don Henley. One of them
2: died, and then Vince Gill took his place.
1: See, I'm that just makes dad. it even yeah. worse. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, God. I'm gonna ask my dad if he's an Eagles fan, and and based on his response, I'm gonna either get him a Father's Day
0: gift <laughs> year or not. <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it yeah
1: i don't think he is i really have no recollection of him ever pushing and he he is 20 he's 23 years older than us so like there there's like but yeah joe walsh
2: yeah joe walsh from cleveland it's cleveland guy
0: eagles Yeah. so it's only one of them it's not enough for me (laughs) Do bone thugs, bone was like thugs, all of them. Yeah, That's right.
1: hundred yeah. percent of bone thugs. <laughs> <And> who else? <laughs> who else <laughs> is from Cleveland? Who's Machine Gun True. Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yep.
2: Tracy Chapman.
1: <laughs>
2: is yep. she from Cleveland?
0: Girl? Fast car. Fast yeah. car. Yeah,
2: she wow. she just—I did not know. So Luke Combs remade it. Cleveland. She is the first black female songwriter to have a number one hit at country radio because that song's number one right now. Oh. Wow. Yeah.
0: Oh, I hope she still cool. has like I'm the right. Sure. Set, oh yeah, man. absolutely. Be yes. a nice yeah, paycheck for her. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Who else is from Yeah,
2: Joe Walsh. That's pretty sad. Tracy Chapman.
0: <laughs> Bone thugs. Well, there's a lot. Oh, <laughs> Mark Mark Cone. Mark Cone. Walk in the middle. Grammy oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I would go to Mark Farewell tour, whenever that it happens. Um,
1: my,
2: one, one Marcon third. Mark got shot
0: in the head in a carjacking. We've discussed yeah. this once before. This was an outtake yeah. once.
1: <laughs> one one third of Lords of the Underground. That's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: Not enough. Well, maybe yeah. one third yeah. is enough. There's five singers in the Eagles, so one is Rassles, not Somebody, but one third is probably pretty good.
2: Raspberries. Raspberries were all right, yeah. Nine inch nails.
1: How do we forget that? Uh, yeah, yeah, Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor's yeah, Reznor from Kid cool I didn't from Chardon. I, I'll I'll tell Shardin, you how I forgot. Kid it. Cuddy? I think he's from Chardon. <laughs> no, Kid Cuddy. Yeah, Kid OJ's.
2: Well, at least I... Levert, Gerald, Le... the old Levert, and Gerald, his yeah. son. See, yeah,
1: here we go. Yeah. We're already. This is this is yeah. we got some talent. We got some talent. Give me Trent Reznor and Gerald Levert on the stage, <laughs> the time. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the Maple Festival, <laughs> the Geauga County oh. Fair. <laughs> Judge this cow
2: <laughs> while you're singing. I want to
1: fuck you like an yeah. animal. <laughs> exactly. See, it all works out. This someone get oh, his man. publicist on the line? Chuck the promo guy <laughs> it. it again. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you how we're going to get people to this fair. <laughs>
1: So I don't understand what this means. Trent Reznor was born. He was born in Pennsylvania, but under origin it says Cleveland, Ohio. Like what is what does that know. mean? Actually moved to Cleveland? I, I I had no idea origin, he was though, from Cleveland. Like being born and your origin are different. I don't understand that part of it.
0: Uh, i feel like that makes sense like you you just your parents could have just been driving through someplace and you were born but oh, like you know it's not it's, really where you're musical.
1: from musical it says musical career origin
0: yeah. please, <laughs> he sucks worse than the eagles trent Reznor. <laughs> yeah Nine Inch nails is terrible oh, pretty a girl i dated that senior Dope holy album. shit
1: and i'm not making this up trent Reznor is quoted the first concert I ever saw was the... Ikigo there you concert. go. See, Gerber, <laughs> fuck you.
0: <laughs> That's right. Suck, no suck. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that you think there's going to be a guy's trip it's this true. year.
2: You know, I was there's, thinking the same Wh- just It's really on the ball, is Whitney, isn't it? Whitney he? is that, it's like, where are you
1: going? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. You <laughs> know No idea. You know how things like... I was working out this morning and you know, you're just, your mind wanders. Right. So I started thinking, I'm like, fuck, like, what if, like, I almost envisioned like Terci calling me and saying, Hey man, I can't do this. You need to pick up. Like, I'm like, should I, like, should I reach out to him and see if he needs any help with the guy? That's like, like, just (laughs) like, I'm
0: not going to say you're not doing your job, (laughs) but I'm going to, but she's going to casually offer to help in case you need it. Lift the burden. I I know you're a busy guy. Um, Yeah, I'm a little worried um, about that because we got to, you know, Maybe this is the year we end up in Burke's backyard, which we said we never was allowed to do, but I really enjoyed his backyard. The other he did day. have a,
1: yeah, it's not bad. There's room There's for trampoline back there. We'll be fine.
0: Trampoline, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great.
1: All right, for fuck's yes. sake. All right, guys. I was trying to get us to one, no. but I won't do it. I'll no. text you in 10 Fuck minutes, you. though. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs>
0: all right, all fellas, boys. I'm done. Love right, right, you, boys. All right. Get your own it's Zoom great. meeting. All right, yeah, Love yeah, you, okay, fellas. All right. Love you, guys. See you.
2: Funny, funny like a clown here to amuse you.